0: Good evening, everyone. It's great to be back here this afternoon as we continue to study from the word of God. We'll begin our study here in just a moment. I know we have guests with us here. Thank you for being here with us. We're beginning a special series. Uh, this month, in the month of September, that we're actually going to begin tonight, uh, answering popular Bible questions that people have. And for the last few months here at the West Main congregation, we have really been focusing upon evangelism. And so a few months ago, we began by getting some cards put together, some invite cards, and we've been talking about inviting people to services or to Bible studies. And we've implemented the five minute rule. Let's remember that. After services, we want to welcome our guests and our visitors and see if they're interested in maybe. Setting up a Bible study. Uh, We've put together some uh, videos that will soon be up on social media, different short little Bible studies that we have also. Uh, Put together for the social media and we've begun a evangelism class that began I guess almost two months ago. It's fast how it's amazing how fast time is flying really the how of evangelism and how to have that Bible study and how to begin certain things. And so that's going really well. I want to encourage everybody to come out to that if you can on Thursdays here every Thursday at the building at 7 p.m. The the thing that we just recently implemented was reaching out to our friends and neighbors and uh, people in the community and seeing if they have certain Bible questions and so we've been doing that now for the last month and we told them that we would get back to them and answer their questions and so tonight marks the, the beginning of answering questions that people have and I really appreciate what everyone has done here the work the prayers the effort let's continue to pray let's continue to pray for open doors as we uh, share the gospel of Jesus Christ with others now if you remember a couple of months ago I did two sermons dealing with suffering uh, why we suffer and then I did a sermon called in the mist of suffering and how we go about handling and and what we need to remember in the process of suffering and in one of those sermons I began by saying it's a problem that will not go away the question of suffering that many people have this question why is it that we suffer and and, and you know wh- what are the reasons behind suffering and that question comes continues to be asked by people. And it's a good question. It's a question that I think sometimes we can even struggle with, even as the people of God. And so as we began to talk to other people, this, I believe may have been our very first question. I believe brother Mark uh, reached out to a friend of his, and I think this may have been the very first question and uh, really proud of Mark and the other high school students here talking to their friends and the courage that they have and doing that. And so uh, Mark talked to someone and got that question about suffering. I had been talking to someone. Uh, for a couple of months, and they also had this question as well, so I just grouped it in this as well. And so I believe we had 46 or 47 questions. Now, what we're going to be doing... Uh, I've kind of grouped a lot of these questions in an overall theme because we didn't really have the same question being asked seven or eight times, but we had questions kind of dealing with the same topic or the same theme. And so next week, for example, next Sunday morning, we're going to talk about questions about baptism. I believe we had about four questions pertaining to baptism. And then next Sunday night, we're going to talk about questions about God. And then we'll conclude the end of the month. We'll just kind of get bigger as we go through the month. Uh, The biggest topic that we had... Uh, that we collected was questions from the book of Genesis, questions about Genesis. And so I believe we had seven or eight questions from the book of Genesis, great questions. And so we'll do our best to answer those questions. Now, one of the things that we had on the sheet of paper and on our website that we gave to people, we told them that if you have a Bible question, we'll strive to do our best to answer with a Bible answer. And so that's what we're going to do tonight. We want to open up our Bibles and we want to see what does the Bible have to say about this particular particular subject. Suffering can be a very challenging topic, and there's so many different facets of it that we could talk about. We could be here for hours. We're not going to be here for hours tonight, but we could talk about suffering for a long time. And I don't have every single answer when it comes to the problem of suffering, but I do believe the Bible does shed light and provide us with some answers. And sometimes we may not always be comfortable with some of those answers, and yet we have to go to the Word of God. And so as we begin to talk about suffering, that's what we're going to do this evening. if you can Share this on your social media page. There's many people that have questions pertaining to suffering. Now, I want to begin tonight in your Bible, and I want to begin by going to a place that we may not always think about going when we talk about suffering. I want to begin by going back to the old rugged cross, I want to begin by looking at Jesus. When he died on the cross, I don't know if we always think about suffering and thinking about the cross of Jesus Christ, but I think there are some things that we can certainly learn about suffering and about our father in heaven as we seek to answer some questions about suffering. And so as I seek to answer some questions tonight about suffering, and even as you guys talk to your friends and neighbors, or maybe you're struggling with this topic, I think one of the best places for us to begin Is with the old rugged cross. And let me tell you a couple of reasons why. We understand that Jesus suffered on the cross. And I think that's something really powerful for us to think about because suffering is a challenging subject. And yet we understand that Jesus suffered. And we need to understand that in times in life, we too will also go through moments of suffering. Suffering does not discriminate, it will happen to all. We open up our Bibles, look over in Luke chapter 13, and I want you to see the words of Jesus when some people were asking him some questions in Luke chapter 13, and I believe they're kind of asking some questions about suffering. Uh, The first couple of verses, they said, you know, what about uh, in verse number one, they said, on the same occasion, there were some present who reported to him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mixed with their sacrifices, and Jesus said to them, do you suppose that these Galileans were greater sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered this fate? He said, I tell you, no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. And then he said in verse four, and this is what, what I want you to see, that suffering can happen to all. He said, or do you suppose that those 18 on whom the tower in Salaam fell and killed them were worse culprits than all the men who lived in Jerusalem or who live in Jerusalem? I tell you, no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. And so what I want you to see is that suffering does not discriminate. Jesus said these were not worse individuals. They were not worse sinners, and yet they also suffered. In 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse number 19, I want you to see here that Christians in the first century suffered. Just as Jesus suffered, we find that the saints in the first century, yes, they were good people, yes, they were following God, and yet still there were difficulties that came into their lives. In first Peter chapter two and verse number nineteen. Peter said for this finds favor if for the sake of conscience toward God a person bears up under sorrows when suffering unjustly for what credit is there if when you sin and you are harshly treated you endure it with patience but if when you do what is right and suffer for it you patiently endure it this finds favor with God for you have been called for this purpose since Christ also suffered for you leaving you an example to follow in his steps he reminded him that Jesus he suffered for you and that they would also suffer. These Christians had been scattered primarily, I think, because of their faith. And now they were also in the midst of suffering. The Bible makes it clear that suffering does not discriminate. It doesn't matter if you're a Christian or a non-Christian. And Paul in 2nd Timothy chapter 3 and verse number 10 made it very clear as he was writing to Timothy that those who are going to follow Jesus, they're going to go through moments of suffering. In 2nd Timothy chapter 3, verse number 10, 11, and 12, I want you to notice something here. Paul Paul, as he's writing the Timothy in 2 Timothy 3, verse number 12, or verse number 10, he said, now you followed my teaching, conduct, purpose, faith, patience, love, perseverance, persecutions, and sufferings such as happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, and at Lystra, what persecutions I endured, and out of them all, the Lord rescued me. Paul was talking about how many times he had suffered. Verse number 12, indeed, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. We're going to go through some difficult days, and the Bible is very clear about that. Just because we are Christians, just because we are disciples, does not mean that we are going to be immune when it comes to suffering. In fact, Jesus, in Matthew chapter 5, in the Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew chapter 5, verses 10, 11, and 12, listen to his words here. Matthew chapter 5, verses 10, 11, and 12. Jesus said, Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward in heaven is great, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. I said all of that because I began by saying that Jesus suffered. And when you open up the Bible, you'll see that many people are going to suffer. We're going to suffer. And the Bible is very clear with that. And so as we think about the cross of Jesus, we need to understand that number one, Jesus went through suffering and we need to understand that Jesus was innocent and he still suffered. Did he deserve to suffer on the cross? Absolutely not. We all know the answer to that, right? And yet what we find is that he did. We learned that he did not deserve to die on the cross. He lived a sinless life. In 1 Peter 2, verses 21 through 24, we just read a couple of those verses, or prior to that, Peter makes it very clear that Jesus committed no sin. He committed no sin. He never sinned, and yet he would still suffer. Jesus was innocent, and he certainly did not deserve to suffer the way that he did. In fact, when you read the gospel in Matthew chapter 27, or the gospels in particular, Matthew chapter 27 and verse number 19, it's interesting that the people during that time in the moments leading up to his death realized this was a righteous man. He didn't deserve to suffer. He didn't deserve to die. In Matthew chapter 27 and verse number 19, the Bible says, while he was sitting on the judgment seat, talking about Pilate, his wife sent him a message saying, have nothing to do with that righteous man. She's talking about Jesus. For last night I suffered greatly in a dream because of him. I wish we had more revelation about that, but we don't, but we see She said, don't do anything, don't stay away from this man. He was a righteous man. Even Pilate's wife was able to recognize that. A couple of verses later in verse number 22, in verse number 22, Pilate said to them, then what shall I do with Jesus who is called Christ? They all said, crucify him. And he said, why? What evil has he done? And no one could tell, no one could say anything of evil that Jesus had done because he never committed any sin. But they kept shouting all the more, saying, Crucify him. When Pilate saw that he was accomplishing nothing, but rather that a riot was starting, he took water and washed his hands in front of the crowd, saying, I am innocent of this man's blood. See to that yourselves. Jesus suffered, and he was innocent, and yet he still would suffer on the cross. And that certainly was not fair. The truth of the matter is the people who lied about him, mocked him, and beat him, they should have been the ones on the cross. They should have been the ones that suffered. The reality is we should have been on the cross as well. We put him on the cross due to our sins. So when we go back to the cross, as we talk about this idea of suffering, it's important to understand that, number one, Jesus suffered. It's important to understand, number two, that he was innocent and he still suffered. And this may be challenging for some people, but it's also important to see that the Father allowed Jesus to go through what he did. He allowed him to go through that suffering. Now, did God not love his son because he allowed him to go through that suffering? Well, of course not. We know the answer to that. And yet it is something powerful, I think, even as we think about the challenges that sometimes we will go through in this life. That God allowed his son to go through some difficult days, difficult hours. We're talking about him dying on the cross. And God will allow us to go through some difficult days as well. But it did not mean that God did not love his son. And I think as we approach this subject of suffering, that as we talk about some things... We always need to understand that while we are going to go through some difficult days, and while we may be challenged by some of these difficult days and hours and weeks and months and years, and I want you to truly understand, I'm not trying to stand up here and say I got all the answers, and I I understand everything you're going through. I don't. I don't know what everybody's going through. But what I do know is that the father allowed his son to go through suffering. And we are going to go through some challenges on this side of life. Now, for the son, it did not mean that God, the father, did not love him. And the same is true for us. Would you agree with that? I think that's something important for us to really think about, that the father still loved his son, even though he allowed or permitted him to go through that difficult time. And that can be hard to digest, and yet it's something that I believe is important as we approach the subject of suffering. And then finally, when we go back to the cross, think about this. Yeah, he suffered, and yet good came as a result of his suffering. That good thing sometimes can come from suffering. And we don't always think about it from that perspective, but that's exactly what we see when we look at the old rugged cross. All the horrific acts that were taken against our Savior and what he experienced on the cross. And the fact that his father allowed him to go through that and yet still good came from it. You guys know what that was, right? Many of us are enjoying that goodness of salvation and redemption because his son died on the cross for our sins. Now, again, somebody may be listening to this and say, okay, well I get all that. You're talking about Jesus and, you know, and maybe Jesus, you know, he's he maybe a little bit he's different than we are. He was God in the flesh. But why couldn't God just make a world where there was no suffering? Have you ever thought about that? Why couldn't God just create a world where everything was just perfect? A lot of people want that. Well, what if I were to tell you that once upon a time, we, there was a world where everything was perfect. This world, world at one point in time, everything was perfect. And I want to talk about that for a few minutes because people have the question, why is there suffering? And this is a question that a lot of people have. People want to know, why can't we have a perfect world where there's no problems whatsoever? And again, I don't want to necessarily suffer. I don't want my wife to suffer. I don't want my son to suffer. I don't want you to suffer. And yet we do live in a world where there is so people want to know well why is there suffering. We'll go back to Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2. And I'm thankful that people gave us questions pertaining to the book of Genesis because Genesis is really the foundation for everything. And if we have a misunderstanding about Genesis, then we're going to have a misunderstanding about a lot in the word of God and, about, and in life in general. What we find in Genesis chapter 1, when God created the heavens and the earth, he created all things in six days, and everything was good. Everything that he made was good. In Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2, we see that he made Adam, and then he would make Eve. And they lived in a world that was perfect. They lived in a world where there, was, where there were no problems or problems of suffering. Now, I have a question about the beginning. How long do they live in this perfect world? Again, I don't have the answer to that. The Holy Spirit has not revealed that. But I want to know how long do they live in this perfect world? And how amazing must that have been? To be able to live in a world where there indeed was no suffering. We don't know. But I know for a period of time that everything was perfect. Yet we see that things would change. And this is something to, to make sure that we understand as we think about the concept of suffering. In Genesis chapter 2, Genesis chapter 2, as the father was speaking to, to Adam. In verse number 16, and as Adam certainly would make sure that Eve would be aware of this, he said in verse number 16, the Lord God commanded the man saying, from any tree of the garden you may freely eat, but from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat from it, you will surely die. And so from the beginning, we see that God created man with choice, with free will. And this would become really important as we talk about the challenge or the problem of suffering. You look at Genesis, everything in the beginning was perfect. Adam and Eve had everything in the beginning. God gave man free will. And we know the rest of the story, story, Adam and Eve sinned. And as a result of that, everything changed. Suffering began. In Genesis chapter three, the serpent in verse one was more crafty than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, indeed, has God said, you shall not eat from any tree of the garden. The woman said to the serpent, from the fruit of the trees of the garden we may eat, but from the fruit of the tree, which is in the middle of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat from it or touch it, or you will die. The serpent said to the woman, you surely will not die. And we know the response that the woman, or that Adam and Eve would have, they would eat from that tree, and from that, everything would change. And I believe that this is something very important for us to think about as we think about the issue or the problem of suffering. Why is there suffering? Well, sin changed everything. And from that moment, everything became a lot more challenging. Everything. There was a ripple effect that continues on even to this day. In Genesis chapter 3, and verse number 16 and 17, we see the challenges that will lay ahead for Adam and Eve. To the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply your pain in childbirth. In pain you will bring forth children, yet your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. Then, Adam, to, then to Adam, he said, because you have listened to the voice of your wife, and you have eaten from the tree about which I commanded you, saying, You shall not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. And toil you will eat of it all the days of Of your life, both thorns and thistles, it shall grow for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face, you will eat bread till you return to the ground, because from it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Everything changed as a result of their decision to sin, to transgress, to go against the will of God. In Genesis chapter 5, verses 3, 4, and 5, we see that Adam and Eve, while they lived for a period of time in perfection, eventually they would die. In Genesis 5 and verse number 5, so all the days that Adam lived were 930 years and he died. One of the common phrases that you see all throughout Genesis chapter 5 are those three words, and he died. It goes through the rest of the chapter like that. And that's what happened. Now there's suffering. Now there's death. Now there's pain. Now there's struggle as a result of sin entering into the world. Adam and Eve would be kicked out of the garden in Genesis chapter 3. People want to know, why can't we just live in a perfect world where there is no suffering? There was a perfect world. In the beginning, everything was good. Everything was perfect but now there is suffering and the ramifications of what happened in the beginning are still being felt, whether it's death or the process that leads to death and the suffering that comes with it. But the good news is that there is something better to look forward to one day and that's heaven In heaven. Everything will be perfect. And this is why we need to strive to make it there. I think that's a good answer. And if you have comments about that, please let me know. But you go back to the cross and you go back to the beginning, and it really covers much of the things that people have. Now, there's some more challenging things to think about. But people want to know, why is there suffering? Well, that's, that's where it all began, back in the beginning. And another question that we had with respect to suffering was this. Is suffering random, or is it deserved? Someone asked me that. Mark's friend asked me that, right? Is suffering random, or is it deserved? Well, I think the answer to that is both. That sometimes suffering can be random in nature, and sometimes it can be deserved. And I want to just share a couple of thoughts here with you pertaining to that. Remember what I just read to you, or what we read together back in Luke chapter 13, verses 3, 4, and 5. Those who died in the Tower of Salaam in Luke chapter 13, verses 3, 4, and 5 we find that Jesus said those, those individuals, those 18, they were not worse sinners. And what we find here is that I don't have all the answers as to why the tower in Salam fell. Maybe it was old. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe it wasn't up to code. I don't know what happened there. Maybe, maybe there's some weather involved. I don't know. We don't have those details. But Jesus made it very clear they weren't worse sinners. And they didn't necessarily bring that upon themselves. But they did die. And I'm not trying to make light of anyone dying or tragically or whatever the case may be, but what we do find is that sometimes in life, bad things can happen. And it is hard to grasp and to accept, but sometimes bad things can happen in life. In fact, time and chance, according to Ecclesiastes 9 and verse 27, time and chance happen to all. And sadly, sometimes people suffer not because they have brought it upon themselves. Sometimes suffering can be random in nature. That time and chance can happen to all. And sometimes people may suffer at the hands of others, not because they have necessarily done something wrong or brought this upon themselves. In fact, in Luke 13, I keep going back to this passage. There were those who died at the hands of Pilate. They died at the hands of Pilate because of his terrible choices, because of his free will and what he decided to do. And so the question is suffering random or is it deserved? I think at times we could say that suffering indeed is random. Now I don't have all the answers and sometimes I think that's where the challenge is when something happens. Well, why is this happening? I want to know exactly the reason why this is happening. But we may not always have that, and that's why our trust in the Lord is gonna to have to be strong. I think about Job. Now we have all forty-two chapters of the book of Job. We see the big picture. But Job didn't see the big picture. Job was going in the he was in the storm. He couldn't see what was taking place in the midst of the storm. He had questions and he wanted to talk to God. And yet, through it all, Job was able to maintain his faith with the Father, with the Lord. And as a result of that, good things would come. And I think there's something there for us that that we, even though we may not have all the answers, we're going to have to trust in the Lord. Sometimes bad things will happen to individuals who don't necessarily deserve it or have not done anything to brought it, to bring it upon themselves. And that's tough because it's not fair and it's totally different when it certainly affects our lives on a personal level. I think about people who who drink and drive and how their poor choice can have a ripple effect upon innocent bystanders. ESPN, uh, one of the commentators, Chris Berman, I watched him for years. He's been on ESPN for a long time. I was watching the news, and I try not to watch the news that much, but his wife was in the news. And she was driving drunk. And her alcohol level was about three times the legal limit. And she hit a 82-year-old man who had just left the cemetery to visit his deceased wife. And he died. Well, he wasn't doing anything wrong. In fact, he was going, he had just left doing something good. And sometimes bad things like that will happen. Time and chance sometimes can happen. And so the question I was asked, is suffering random or is it deserved? At times, I think we can say that sometimes it is just random, and we may not have all the details about why certain things happen, but indeed, at times, it can be random. Now, I think we can also say, maybe this may be challenging for some, that suffering can also be deserved. What do you think about that? Do you agree with me? That I think sometimes we could say that suffering can also be deserved. There's something very clear given to us in Numbers chapter 14 that I want to share with you here. In Numbers chapter 14, the story of the Israelites, and there are many examples I believe we could share and look at, but I'll just show you this one here. The Holy Spirit is very clear about why they were suffering. In Numbers chapter 14, God had obviously delivered them. He was going to give them the promised land, and the 12 spies had gone out uh, to spy at the land of Canaan. they came back with with a good report, a few of them did, and a bad report. And the majority won. And the people began to complain and murmur. And they got upset with Moses and Aaron and Joshua and Caleb. And as a result of that, the Lord said that he was going to punish them. And they would suffer because of their sinful behavior. In Numbers chapter 14 and verse number 33, listen to what the Bible says here. Numbers 14 and verse number 33, God is speaking. He said, your sons shall be shepherds for 40 years in the wilderness, and they will suffer for your unfaithfulness until your corpses lie in the wilderness. That entire generation was just going to remain in the wilderness and God said that they were going to suffer because of a lack of faithfulness on their part. And so this is very clear that sometimes we will suffer. People will suffer. And what they are going through is something that they truly deserve. You Think about the man, too, who gets drunk. Uh, look over in Proverbs chapter 23. In Proverbs chapter 23, verses 29 through 35, this helps us to see that sometimes we can bring Bad things upon ourselves. We can bring suffering upon ourselves. That can come in a variety of shapes and forms. And Proverbs. Chapter 23, verses 29 through 35, the proverb writer said, Who has woe? Who has sorrow? Who has contentions? Who has complaining? Who has wounds without cause? Who has redness of eyes? Those who linger long over wine, those who go to taste mixed wine, do not look on the wine when it is red, when it sparkles in the cup, when it goes down smoothly at the last, it bites like a serpent and stings like a viper. Your eyes will see strange things, and your mind will utter perverse things, and you will be like one who lies down in the middle of the sea, or like one who lies down on the top of a mast. They struck me, but I did not become ill. They beat me, but I did not know it. When shall I awake? I will seek another drink. That's the man or the woman who's bringing about suffering upon themselves because of their sinful choices, because of their poor choices. And the Holy Spirit warns us not to go down this path. And when we choose to ignore the warnings from the Holy Spirit, we will get what we truly deserve. It's the idea of you will reap what you sow. And we can sow things that are bad that will bring about suffering In our lives, Israel is an example that sometimes we will suffer and we deserve it and we can often bring bad things upon ourselves. I want you to think about this and some people may have to pause for a second and really think about this, but I've been thinking about this as well. Think about those who go to hell. Number one, does anyone have to go to hell? No one has to be in hell. Does God want anyone to spend eternity in hell? He doesn't want anyone to spend eternity in hell. But remember back in Genesis chapter two, God has given man what? Free will choice. And we get to decide if we're going to follow Jesus Christ. And while this can be tough for us to think about, God has given us salvation in Jesus Christ. He's given us the cure for our spiritual disease. And yet many people will not accept the cure. So God is not going to force anyone into heaven. He's not going to force someone who does not want to go to heaven to be in heaven. (laughs) I think people think everybody's just going to be there. No, they're not. I'm not the judge, obviously, but God's not going to force people who do not want to be with him in eternity. And if people choose to not accept the solution, the cure, Jesus, the Messiah, the Christ, he's not going to force anyone to be with him. And the truth is, when you really think about it, those who go to heaven don't deserve to even be there. But because of God's grace and his mercy, will be able to. And yet those who will be in hell, it will not be because of, it's going to be because of their choice. And the suffering and the, the pain and the agony and the idea of being eternally separated from God, which is hard to even think about. That's going to be something that they have decided and chose that that's what they desired or or went down that path. And so when we think about suffering, can suffering be random? Yeah. Can suffering be deserved? Absolutely. And those who are not with Jesus Christ, when they find themselves in eternity separated from him in hell, it will be because of the choices that they have made. And while that may be hard or challenging for us to think about, The truth is, we will sow, we will reap what we sow. And while we may never want to experience any kind of suffering, it's critical to recognize that sometimes we will suffer because of our choices and because of our decisions. When we make foolish choices, and I'll be the first to raise my hand, I've made a lot of foolish choices. Most likely, there's going to be some type of suffering as a result of that. The student who plays video games all day in school and flunks out of college, well, they're going to suffer some consequences. And I know college students who have done that. They had a free ride, and they played video games every day until 2 or 3 in the morning. And then they get upset. Well, what's, why is this all happening to me? Well, because you didn't go to class for a semester. And you wasted your time for an entire semester. And now they're going to have to pay the consequence, whether it's with their parents or finances or maybe even their reputation. But who caused all of that? They brought it upon themselves. And that's a hard part, I think, for all of us. Think about the person who commits a crime. A person who commits a crime will suffer. And the truth is what do people want when someone commits a crime? When someone does something wrong, what do we want? We want justice. That penalty or the amount of years in prison, that's not enough time for them. You hear that all the time. They have brought that upon themselves, and as a result of that, they will suffer. And so when you think about suffering, it, it can sometimes it, it is deserved based upon our choices, based upon maybe not listening to God, based upon rejecting our Father in heaven. Now, we can go through all this, but I do think there is a bigger challenge for all of us here. I do think sometimes we want to know exactly what we go through and why we're going through these things at the very moment these things are happening. And sometimes that's not always going to be the case. And sometimes it's going to be we may not be able to even do that. And sometimes when we go through things, we may even struggle with that. Did I bring this upon myself? Am I being punished by God? Numbers chapter 14, we, we see very clearly, Holy Spirit makes it very clear, God said, I'm doing this. And we see that throughout the Bible where God said, I brought this upon you or I brought this upon this nation. And yet sometimes I think this is where we can struggle. Some of you guys know I have an enlarged heart and some of you guys know I had a blood clot on my right coronary artery four years ago and I'm on my second defibrillator. And at times, if not careful, I can start thinking, well, why is this happening to me? I'm a preacher, I'm a Christian, I'm trying to do the right thing, I'm trying to live the right life, I'm trying to preach the gospel. So why is all of this happening to me? And on one hand, I say to myself, well, I have conversations with myself, all right? I say, well, well due to the fall of man at the beginning, this kind of physical suffering is a strong possibility as I age and eventually die, and, and I think that's correct. Because of what happened in the beginning, what's going to happen to all of us? We're going to die. And as we age and become vintage, we will slowly break down. This body is going to break down. And yet, if we're honest with ourselves, there's still some challenges there. Because sometimes we can tell ourselves, is this just random? Or do I deserve this? Is this punishment due to some sin maybe I committed earlier in my life? Is this like some wake-up call? What's going on here? Is this all just time and chance? I think sometimes we can struggle with that. And as I get older, not that old, but as I get older, I'm learning that, you know what? I'm not going to have the exact answer. And I don't need to have, I guess, every single answer. I don't need to have every single thing nailed down. But what I am going to have to have, I am going to have to trust in the Lord. And I do recognize, and I think you will recognize as well, that we're not always going to have all the answers about suffering. I can put some things up on a PowerPoint and say, okay, look, I've addressed it. Let's move on. But we know there's a lot more involved in this, right? And I can't imagine some of the things you guys have gone through or maybe even going through right now. But as we do think about this, the Bible is clear with some things. That there was a time where everything was perfect. There was no suffering. But man does have free will. Man has choice. And when sin entered into the world, everything changed. And we saw that in the book of Genesis. And we saw how even our Savior suffered, even though he didn't deserve to suffer. And so we need to hold on to those things. Suffering can happen to good people. It can happen to people who try to keep themselves healthy. It can happen to Christians. And sadly, suffering can even happen to little babies who are innocent. And I know that's really challenging to even fathom. Suffering can come about from the hands of others. Suffering can happen because of time and chance. Suffering can happen because of the devil. Suffering can happen because of sin. Suffering can happen just because we make some poor decisions. It may not even be sinful decisions. But sometimes even because of poor decisions, we will suffer. But one thing I know is that we need to remember that as we talk about this subject, that we always need to be careful about the conclusions we make about God. In Job chapter 40, remember Job, he was, looking for the, he was looking for the Lord. He was looking for God, the Father. He was, wanted to have a conversation with him. In Job chapter 23, if I could just find him, if I could just talk to him, well, the, God spoke to him in Genesis, or Job chapter 37. And when God began to speak, Job remained silent. Because when God speaks, that's exactly what needs to happen. And in Job chapter 40 and verse number one, then the Lord said to Job, will the fault finder contend with the Almighty? Who do you think you are, Job? Asking questions like this that you have no recognition or understanding of. Let him who reproves God answer it. Then Job answered the Lord and said, behold, I am insignificant. What can I reply to you? I lay my hand on my mouth. I think that's a great response for some of us. That we are insignificant. And while we can le- read and study and, and, get some, and get some answers, God sees the big picture in everything. And I don't, we don't have all the answers, but we know that God is in control. And we've got to be careful how we go about blaming God and pointing the finger at God and finding fault with our Father in heaven. Job said, I'm insignificant. What can I say to you? I lay my hand on my mouth. Verse five, once I have spoken and I will not answer. Even twice, I will add nothing more. Sometimes it's just best to remain silent. And to trust in our God. And to trust and know that he is in control of all things. To know that he loves us even when we're going through valleys of the shadow of death. To know that he is with us even when he was with Jesus while he was on the cross. And to know that while we may not have all the answers, Deuteronomy twenty nine twenty nine is one of my favorite verses. The secret things belong to the Lord our God. While we may not have all the answers, we do know who is in control. And that is our Father in heaven. And therefore, we need to be careful what we may assume about our father in heaven. We live in a world, my friend, where suffering will happen It happened to the son of God. And as we go through suffering, we always need to go back to the old rugged cross because there we can find hope and there we can find salvation. And there, even in the midst of suffering, we can know that all will end well because Jesus rose from the grave on the first day of the week. And that is where our faith ultimately needs to lie. Suffering will happen in this life. At times it may be random. At times it may be deserved. Whatever the, ser- the situation may be, let us always put our faith and trust in our God. Jesus died. He suffered because he loved us. Will we love him? Will we love him even when we go through the midst of suffering? Will we love him when even our lives may not be happy or exactly as we want them to be? Will we love him and remain with him even when we see our loved ones going through difficult periods of time? Will we love him even when we suffer? Let's make sure that we remain with him. And if you're not in Jesus Christ where salvation is found, we want to encourage you, encourage you. We want to beg you. We want to persuade you to become a Christian tonight. Because you need his mercy, and you need his grace. You need his salvation. You need the hope of eternal life. Because this life is hard. It's challenging. There's going to be a lot of disappointments you're going to face. Yet through it all with Jesus, now and in eternity, we have great blessings. And we have something great to look forward to one day. If you need to be saved, please come now as we stand and as we sing.